0: by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, Salam, shalom, namaste, sasrikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bajar, buna, and privyat. It's really, really good to be with you again. And I know you will be very happy of have joined us today because we have a very special guest that we will be talking to, learning from, and that is Stephanie Treasure. And Stephanie is an online marketing strategist and business mentor. Welcome, Stephanie.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Samia. It is a pleasure to be here. And I loved your greeting to everyone that's listening. I hope you covered all the bases. Uh, (laughs) Anybody that's listening that didn't hear their greeting, uh, I'm sure you'll understand.
0: Yes, I'm doing the best I can. And actually my list of greetings has been growing. Uh, when I first started out, I think I was doing maybe five or six greetings and now we are at 11, I believe. So.
1: Wonderful. No, I think you did an, an excellent
0: job. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that, Stephanie. I appreciate that positive feedback and i'm gonna have you just tell us more about who you are and what you do um, as a way to just get us going
1: awesome sure uh thanks again Uh, it's a pleasure to be here uh thanks for having me hello and welcome to your viewers and listeners and my name as you as as sami said is stephanie treasure and i'm an online marketing strategist and business mentor to women coaches consultants and service-based business owners who are looking to grow, leverage, and scale their businesses uh, by helping them with the marketing, the generation and sales strategies that will help them to be able to attract more of their ideal clients, enroll them in their programs and make more money. And I help my clients to achieve their ambitious uh, six-figure milestone, um, as well as you know being able to reach more people and make a bigger impact. So that's a little bit about the work I do. I've been doing this, now since about 2012 i would say so i've been in business for quite some time after leaving uh, corporate and it's it's what i love to do marketing is my background also i have a strong business background and that's what i get to work on read about study attend conferences as i sharpen the stock myself all about business and marketing my my happy place
0: Nice. I love that you're doing work that you love that makes you happy. That is so important for me um, as a happiness expert because, you know, doing what we love is such an important aspect of our happiness. So I'm so happy for you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate
0: that. Okay. So I know there's so many different ways in which you support your clients there's so many different aspects of marketing and you know just making sure you have a successful business and one of the most important aspects for people who are service-based businesses who are coaches who are you know people like me and you um one of the most important things that we have to do in the context of growing our businesses is we have to be talking to people a lot um, oftentimes you know we have to be the face and the voice of our brand um, and so that can involve a lot of public speaking and i know you have uh a lot of amazing stuff to share around that so please yes, yes. tell me more.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, one of the main ways in terms of how I started in business, because when I mentioned that I've been working as a business mentor since 2012, I actually started business in 2006. Mm. And uh, as, as in my capacity in um, it, it, when I started out, which involved a lot of consulting work, I was faced with having to do a lot of public speaking. And even fast, uh, even not fast, but even rewinding quite a bit past that, like I said, I've always worked, I I studied marketing, and I've always worked in a marketing capacity. And speaking, right, uh, making pitches and presentations for whether uh, in-house teams or outside teams is an essential part of the job. And I actually came from a Place where I was very, very nervous as relates to presenting or speaking or you know showing up in public in any meaningful way. Even as way back as um, you know undergrad and graduate, uh, you know as well as working on my graduate degree, when I had to do presentations in that respect, I just always had hang-ups around it. I was always Uh, one of those shaky speakers or you know i I would have paper you could see it shaking or my voice would quiver Um, it was just not something you know i would tell people i don't like to be in the limelight but behind the scenes i was a powerhouse right and i really had to get to a point where i came face to face with that fear of public speaking that fear of presenting that fear of being in the spotlight. Throughout my career, and especially throughout my corporate career, and especially when um, as a business owner, I was it. I couldn't delegate <laughs> that to a second in command, or I couldn't, uh, you know, leave it up to my boss. I was it, right? I was the business owner, the face of my business, and I had to do or die. Uh, you know, do my share of public speaking, do my share of speaking engagements, speaking on podcasts like this. Now I regularly do live my own uh, live stream show uh, weekly for my community. Uh, there's several videos. If you go on my YouTube channel, you'll see several videos there. I guess if you go back to the beginning ones, you'll see, you know, some parts of me that, were, that was nervous around doing video, but as you continue to watch the videos you see a more confident person showing up um somebody who's a little bit more i hope a little bit more uh, much more sure of herself as relates to speaking doing video showing up uh, for my community um sharing videos giving advice um you know giving tips and strategies on uh you know through video and through live streams
0: mm. Thank you for sharing your own journey that is so i think important for people to know that you you can actually grow like in in terms of developing speaking and public speaking as a skill and and so many people are afraid of public speaking it's we know the number one fear that most people have and and yet it is something that we can learn to manage and even master over time if it's important for us to do and um and i i you know just also really appreciated the distinction that you drew when it comes to marketing work you there, there is that possibility that you can be doing amazing marketing work from behind the scenes. Um, but it is it is also true, as you said, like if you have your own business, and especially if you're in this kind of business where you are a service provider, where you're a coach, trainer, healer like I am, the easiest way to market your business is actually by being the brand, being the face and voice of your brand. Um, I know that was uh, one of the big lessons that I, I learned as I started to learn about marketing and effective marketing. And so even though you, don't, you could theoretically try and market your business in a way where you don't have to be the face and voice of it because you don't like public speaking, it, it can make, make it more hard, make it more difficult to grow your brand. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Hope you're getting value out of it. For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free happiness 101 exploration call with me your happiness expert Samyavano. just use my online calendar link in the show notes now back to the show yeah right when you
1: when you're not um when you're, when you step into the, the initial, uh, you know, coaching consulting space, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause it depends on the kind of business there is, there, it depends on what, you, depending on what you're doing. That's right. something that you can delegate. You can hire somebody who's in charge of marketing, who's in charge of PR, who can be the voice of, of the business, right? It doesn't have to be the CEO, but in the coaching and consul- consulting space where you are the one that's. You know, marketing yourself, your services, you're working with clients one on one, they need to hear from you because you're the person that they're ultimately gonna be working with. And okay. so it really, um, you really get to a point where you come face to the face with the fact that you can't hide, right? You do have to do your share of um, outward content that, you know, involves you uh, putting yourself out there. Uh, it doesn't have to be videos, it doesn't have to be speaking all the time. But you can really um, make great strides mm. when you do include what I call that 3D aspect, that 3D marketing that involves um, having a person be able to see you move, uh, speak, express yourself, as opposed to just uh, doing uh, nice bust, bust shots and mm. um, having uh, great captions, great posts, that's great. But when you take things to the point of doing um, marketing that involves video content, it really, um, puts things to the next level and that's the content, believe it or not, like it or not, that's most being viewed. There's many stats out there that I can't quote verbatim, but, um, video, video content is the most watched content video video content, live stream content is watched more than anything else. So if, um, If you really want to reach your people and have them hear you, you want to make sure that you have content out there for them to view in that way as well.
0: Mm. And I'm just wondering, like, for people who have this hesitation of being on video and so forth, um, because of their fear of public speaking, did you find... When you started to work on this for yourself, that there's a difference between doing a video where it's just you recording a video on your own versus doing like a live uh, or, or doing something with an audience present uh, in terms of being able to manage your emotions better or having it be easier one way or the other?
1: Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Both have their caveats, mm. but if I had to choose, I would say doing a video is, um, for me, was easier than speaking for um, an audience. Right? Uh, with a video, you can do several takes. Right. You don't, know, you know, you could do a take and you're like, ah, oh, that wasn't good. You could do another. You can do more takes to perfect it, if you will. Although I, I always submit so my, my audience don't aim for perfection, whether you're doing a video or a live stream, you're going to mess up. You're going to, you know, stumble over your words. Just, you know, catch your composure, correct yourself and keep going. But with a live audience, you know, there's a component that's, you know, there's a challenge there where you're, when you're in front of people and you can't do any uh, other takes. Uh, you know, you have all these eyes looking at you, which is part of the, um, part of the reason why um, I would say I fear public speaking, you're on stage, you're in front of all these people who are, you feel like they're going to be judging you. They're going to be analyzing, you know, whether or not you're making sense hanging on to every word you say, um, you feel you, know, you start to wonder if you're qualified to be speaking to that audience. So many, many things that go into it. Um, when it when it's an in-person, but again, even with in-person, just so the same way you can do retakes for video, there are some tips that you can, um, some strategies that you can um, implement that will help you to feel more comfortable in front of a live audience. That will get you through it just as well as if you were doing a video. So, if you if you want, I could share I could share some of those uh, tips with you.
0: Oh yes, that would be wonderful. Please do.
1: Great. So, what I found right as it relates to and is you know I, before, let me preface this by saying that public speaking. The fear of public speaking is very real. You're speaking to someone who have, I would, say, I can still say I have this, this real fear, but I've, um, I have ways that I manage it, right? So let me still put myself in the shoe of, uh, you know, in the list of ten things <laughs> that people, you know, top ten fears with public speaking being number one. I would say yes, I'm one of those who would put public speaking as a number one, right? But, um. There is no, in terms of facing despair, there's, it's one of those, like many other fears, that you just have to face it and go through it, right? Because the only way to overcome it is to go through it. Right? right. So what I'm going to share is not going to be revolutionary and it's not going to be a magic bullet. Um, it's not going to be a magic bullet strategy. It's what worked for me. Um, and it what it's what can work for you too, right? This is, has been proven to work, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I shared with you three things that worked for me to help me to manage my fear and still show up when needed to for podcasts, live streams, videos, in-person uh, public speaking, interviews, etc. Right. So the first thing that was really, 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 really key for me is being prepared, right? Mm-hmm. When you're not prepared for anything, you're not going to, you know, if you're, if it's a dance, if you're a dancer or if you're an athlete, if you're not prepared, you're not going to do well. And you're going to feel, when you're not prepared for something, you also feel unprepared, you also feel, I can't do this because I'm not ready, I'm not prepared, I'm not equipped, right? And so it's gonna be the same thing for public speaking. If you're not prepared, that's one added thing. So let's just say you already have a fear of public speaking. Now add to that your fear plus, oh, and I'm actually don't even know the material. I'm not even quite sure what I'm gonna say. I haven't finished my slides. I haven't finished my outline. I haven't finished adding anecdotes to each of my points, right? When you're unprepared, that's another thing that you're gonna to have to worry about right. or another thing that will be your concern or that will you'll know, be preoccupied with that could affect your performance. And so I have, I make it a point to do it, especially when I really, really am nervous. I do a dry run of what I'm gonna prepare. If it's a webinar, if it's a masterclass. I've even, let me see if I remember when I've done this recently. I've, I had to travel for an engagement some years ago. Uh, So it was, you know, out of uh, out of, My home space, Um, and I went to the so it was a a hotel, and they had um, the I stayed at the hotel where the event was being was happening, and so I asked for access to the um, to the ballroom, to the you know the the room, the meeting room where we were going to have where I was going to do my presentation. And from that, you know, that area, as much as was set up, because, you know, sometimes they'd set up these things, you know, the morning off. So as much as possible, I tried to stand where, you know, I feel I would be facing the audience and started to do a dry run of my material so that not only do I know my material, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing it in the space and getting a feel for the atmosphere in which I'm going to be presenting. So that I'm that much more prepared and ready for the
0: eventual, and hopefully we will take some of the edge off. Makes sense? It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the only uh, sort of challenge that I know I used to run into, because I used to have, I wouldn't say like an intense fear of public speaking, but I used to be like really introverted and socially challenged uh, in various ways. And so, definitely, I also had to go through a process of learning to be comfortable with public speaking. And for sure, being prepared helped so much. But what I found myself doing in my early days was procrastinating on preparing because, in my mind, I think I was like, you know, um, like playing tricks with myself where. I, I I was unconsciously maybe trying to give myself an excuse to say, oh, I cannot do this because I'm not prepared by not getting prepared.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, right? Just just see how best you can avoid it and kind of, you know, avoid it and, and, and banish it from your mind and hopefully yeah. you just disappear. Yeah. I can totally relate. I know what you mean, right?
0: Yeah. Right?
1: So, it's, so yeah. I, that has really, really worked for me. Yeah. Being, uh, really preparing as much ahead of time, right?
0: Yeah. And maybe the having thing- some, oh, and, and just, if, if for anyone who is like inclined to procrastinate on the, procrast- on the preparation part, maybe have an accountability buddy or support system, that you know so you can stay on track and make sure you take the time to get prepared
1: yes yes yeah that that's a great idea right have a have somebody who can relate to your fear you know somebody who's a good friend right who will you know nicely nudge you and have you do what you need to do in order to be ready for this big um, appearance that you have to do, whether it's a video, live stream, you know, in-person speaking engagement or something on Zoom or, or virtual, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. I agree with that.
0: Awesome. So what's your next step? So
1: the second thing that I did, and I think I learned this from someone, um, I may have read it somewhere, was to... Mingle, so I would on the, the if it's like an in person uh, speaking engagement, which was with the one at the there was a totem pole of the the, the situations where I most feared having to you know speak publicly. It would definitely be an in person event, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I did, I tried to do. If I am scheduled for, let's just say it's a conference, an all day conference, and you know how they slot, you know, you have your keynote that goes first, and then you have some other speakers behind that person. So if I know I was started for say the afternoon slot or mid morning, but there was somebody ahead of me, I would try as much as possible to introduce myself and get to know the other people in the audience, right? Really mingle with them, get to know them, um, befriend them, so that i can have that familiarity with them so that once i got up on stage or the podium wherever i was going to speak from where i'm going to be looking at this audience i wasn't looking at a bunch of strangers anymore Yeah. Uh, because i feel like one of the one of the things that would, would um affect me and have you know um have bearing on how i felt how confident i felt when i would speak is that i thought i was speaking to all these strangers why they don't know me I don't know them and they're going to be judging me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I I felt like when I befriended people and I mingled and said hi and say, hey, I'm Stephanie, you know, actually, I'm going to be third speaker. I'm going to be talking at 11 o'clock. I'm going to be talking at 12 about such and such. You know, what do you do? And, you know, I would get to know them so that we're all friends, right? And if you're speaking in front of friends, if you're speaking in front of family, you know, you're going to be fine because these are people that you know. Right. And so that's that's what I was trying to do, to get to know them, get them to know me uh, so that I didn't feel like I was standing and looking, you know, all these eyes and strangers are looking at you um, while I'm looking at at them. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that works for me. That has worked in the past. For me, whenever I especially when I've had to speak uh, in person, in person events, live events.
0: I love that idea because not only does it have the benefit of just like you said you develop that sense of familiarity with at least some of the people in the audience you have a friendly face to look at uh and so forth but also you know it's just for example um i know i learned this relatively recently that you know when you go to many of these like shows where you know they're doing recordings for different shows for tv and so forth they they actually have this whole um like process where they warm up the audience to the host of the show before the show actually starts because it it just it, it has a huge impact like the audience gives off an energy that the host definitely feeds off and vice versa and so to have a friendly audience to have feel that friendly presence in the audience it is super important and you can actually realize that you can actually cultivate that for yourself before you go on stage I think that is brilliant that is just absolutely brilliant and um and and I just loved the the process that you shared for how you could do it so simply and so easily and so like it doesn't have to take a whole lot of time either
1: exactly yes and i did hear about that um I, I think what i what i did hear was that if there's going to be because i've been to a few uh live comedy shows mm-hmm. and uh, what i understood when i heard about it was that if there's like a main um to a keynote comedian if you uh, if you will uh that's going to be you know like the you know lead the show they have like an icebreaker person come on before I mean, to get the audience, you know, in the mood, to get you laughing at a few jokes as you get ready, especially if they're going to film it. They want the audience to already be, be primed and already in that jovial, upbeat mood so that when they hear the jokes of the main comedian, they're ready, right? Yes. And I think for those talk shows, it's probably the same thing where, um, you know, usually whenever they they show the studio audience, you know, everybody's like ready and, you know, in an excited mood and they try to tease that up by, like you said, doing some things. I, I hear that you can play games sometimes just mm-hmm. to get the audience in the mood yes. and get them, you know, in, in, in an energy of... Um, know being jovial being excited to be here so that they can showcase that when they do when they start filming (laughs) so that's true i guess it's it's a similar i guess it's a similar concept
0: (laughs) yeah but the thing that i really love about what you said about how you make it happen for you is that you know when you're going to speak at a lot of other people's events a lot of other people Um, actually don't know honestly how to set the right environment and set the right tone and mood to raise people's energy and stuff. I've been to so many events where I mean the energy is so low and I didn't realize actually that's what I was used to honestly. I thought that's just how it was. Until I started going to, like, all these trainings with this uh, specific company. They're called Success Resources now. But when I first started working with them, they had a different name. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that they are masters at doing live trainings and live events. And they have this, like, really amazing... um, Like process that they go through to just build up audience energy for themselves and and when they have guest speakers they do the same thing for the guest speakers so like for example when you first show up to success resources training right at off the bat you know there's like people standing at the door to welcome you and say hi how are you doing like you know just having that cheerful energetic presence at the door and then usually they even have even uh, uh and then when people start to fill into the room they will have like music on and uh, usually they uh, they even have um you know like um uh, uh, like they'll take the first few minutes where uh, like a person will come in and they'll like warm up the audience. Like you were saying by doing things like, hey, welcome, where are you from? Where are you from? Like they'll have like, you know, call back and forth, like different things like that from the audience. So they'll be like, who's from California? Who's from out of town? You know, like those kinds of things just to get people used to responding to to, to the person on stage and they just do all kinds of little big things to make it happen and uh, and and they actually also believe in asking for what you need so it's like if you want a certain kind of response from the audience just ask the audience for it you know so they will say things like um 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 expect this uh this uh, presentation that we're going to do to be very interactive you're going to ask you lots of questions and we want you to respond and i for you know and then uh and they'll be like if you uh, and then they'll actually do that they'll be like if this is true for you raise your hand and they'll actually wait for people to raise their hand <laughs> You know like that kind of a thing and so it just keeps the energy moving and 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 yeah so i and and so what what i heard you share it made me think about you know this idea also that you know taking the power in for yourself like if you If you can go and be part of an organization or an event where they're already experts at building up energy and creating this kind of friendly environment with the audience for you, great. But if you're at an event where the organizers don't have that skill, you can still create it for yourself by documenting the audience, mingling with the audience yourself beforehand. That was uh, absolutely, I that, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yes, yes. great example. Absolutely, it's all it, it's all in your control. You can do that meet and greet, you know, on your own and 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 warm the audience up to you uh, yes. before you deliver your talk. Yeah. Cool. And the third thing that I would recommend that really worked for me was to focus on the value that you're giving and the people who need to receive it. So likely if you're giving a talk, uh, you know, the organizers or whoever invited you to give that talk valued your expertise, valued your opinion, your viewpoint on a specific area, and they want to share this with that audience. And there's people in the audience that don't know you, not exposed to you, possibly not exposed to your type of content or the the messages, the the, um, information that you're going to share. So focus on what they need to hear, focus on the value that you're giving them so that your listeners or your viewers leave with or walk away with something that they can use, um, you know, for the situation, whether it's in their business or in their lives, focus on that and less so on yourself, kind of remove yourself from the equation because Um, And I think I did hear somebody say this as well, when you remove the ego component, which is, you know, making it about you, because you know what, you may be nervous because you're thinking, are they gonna think that I'm not qualified or they're gonna be looking at me and judging me? Remove yourself and your ego from the occasion and focus on what you're there to do, the impact that you're making, the message that you have to deliver, Mm -hmm. and um, the person's receiving that message, right? and what yeah. they need to make this yeah. have have been worth their while. Right? Yes. And because you're focusing on the job of that, or the importance of that, hopefully mentally you'll be less concerned with what they think about you. Right? Which will will um, automatically make you less nervous. <laughs> yes. That, that's, my, that's my third tip.
0: Oh, I love that tip. I love that tip. And I know that is likely to be especially effective for you know like coaches and other service-based people who are really heart-centered like you know where you're coming into the work because you love to serve and you love to help other people and if that's a big value for you and I know pretty much most of the coaches that I know, like ninety percent of the coaches that I know, they do the work that they do because they love helping people. And when we are able to stay focused on doing what we love, yeah, it makes everything else disappear in terms of nervousness, fear. Because you're doing what you love, you're you're living out this amazing value that you have, um, and in that. In, in that, just like you said, it's not about you, it's about about the people that you're trying to serve and help. And that is just so wonderful. I love it.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So those are the tips that has helped me. And I, I didn't have this as a tip, but practice, right? And I guess it kind of goes with number one, where I say to fully prepare, but practice, you know, the more you do it, It's going to seem, if you're at the beginning of this journey, it's going to seem difficult, but the more you speak, the more you do podcasts, the more you have to speak in person, the more videos you do, the more live streams you do, the more comfortable you are going to automatically get um, with the process and with doing it, and it will reflect in the way that you're showing up in those respective places.
0: Yeah, it's like you gave your own example on your own YouTube channel, if people go back and watch your old videos, they can see your growth, uh, you know, yes. and, and your progress. And same is true for me. Like, when I started my very first podcast, this is actually my second podcast show, but my first uh, show that's called Survivor to Thriver Show. And if you had listened to the earliest episodes of that, I used to like ramble and just, you know, because I was, when I'm nervous, I tend to talk a lot more and be very repetitious. And so I used to do that so much, but I was like, nope, you know what? I'm just gonna get it out there, put it out there, do it. uh, Because otherwise it would never have gotten done, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Sweet. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for taking all this time to be with us today and sharing these amazing tips with us. They've been so helpful. I've learned so much from you. Do you have anything you want to share with people as we wrap up right now in terms of how people can best get in touch with you or any other last words?
1: You can reach me at my, I have a website that's my name, stephanietreasure.com. Uh, easiest way to uh, find me and, and I have links to my social media there. But uh, on Facebook, you can find me on my Facebook page. It's called Stephanie Treasure B-I-Z, B-I-Z like zebra. Um, Facebook.com slash stephanietreasurebiz. You'll find me there. You'll find me on Instagram as well at the Stephanie Treasure, And on YouTube, just Stephanie treasure youtube.com slash Stephanie treasure. So look for me there. I'm pretty um, active for the most part on Instagram. And uh, there's a few recent videos on YouTube as well that you can check out. I love to share. um, You'll see many live streams, even on my Facebook page and Instagram um, videos that I've recorded, sharing, uh, business and marketing tips. I speak some uh, somewhat about productivity and mindset tips as well. So once you follow me, you'll you'll get more resources as it relates to that. And what I want to encourage you to do is, um, kind of pulling from the example of my, my last point where I say, when it comes to public speaking, take out the ego component and just think of the people that you're helping. For anybody that's watching this, that's a business owner and faced with, you know, going about the marketing of your business, whether you're writing, whether you're doing videos or live streams in whatever you do that you sometimes resist doing it or procrastinate uh, doing it, as you mentioned, because you're worried about how it would be perceived. Take out that ego component and focus on the people out there who need you uh persons who are actually looking for your content and they find value in it whether it's written content or video content or live stream think about the people who need to you know you need to show up for in speaking engagements and such um, who need to hear about the work that you're doing um, because they're looking to work with someone like you Although, right, you may want to shrink back and say, oh, they can, you know, there's many coaches out there. There's many uh, other kinds of experts. There's persons that, are, that, that, are, that want to work with you based on your background, your experience, your kind success stories, um, what you bring to the table, how you work, your specific personality that they won't get from another coach. So think about those persons who need your support, who need your help and continue to show up for them right and you do an amazing job you reach amazing clients who are really plugged in who are your right fit clients and they'll feel that you are their right fit uh culture mentor and um they'll be happy that that your paths crossed and it would be because you didn't give up on showing up and putting yourself out there for these people
0: amazing amazing and on that amazing empowering note we're going to say our goodbyes for now and until we connect next time i'm just going to remind you to please check the show notes because we're going to add stephanie's links in there so you can connect with her easily and make sure you reach the right stephanie although i don't think There'll be very many Stephanie treasures out there. Stephanie treasure is one. There is
1: actually,
0: oh, <laughs> which is why well, I had absolutely.
1: to do the Instagram that way. Um, I had to. I wanted my Instagram to be Stephanie Treasure, but uh, it was actually taken. I was so surprised because I didn't think there were many Stephanie treasures out there. <laughs> Oh so, um, yes yes
0: <laughs> for sure people check those show notes and uh, click on the links make sure you reach the right Stephanie I'll also drop my links in there in case you need to get in touch with me and until we connect next time I wish you lots and lots of joy